John 8, verse 31. And the Bible said this, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Now notice this. They believe in him and they're disciples. You can be a believer and a disciple, but now notice this. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can be a believer and a disciple and not be free. Hello. You can be going to heaven, but not be free. You can be a disciple and not be free. Jesus said this, and we won't look at it this week. And we're this is just our foundational text. They respond and go, we're Abraham's seed. Of course we're free. So that means you can be a believer, a disciple, not free, and deceived. <laughs> this is kind of freaky. Because we could be, I mean, we love Jesus, going to heaven, God is good. But we got issues that are holding us back. But Jesus said, I don't, I don't want you to just be saved. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be set free. I don't want there to be anything that the enemy has over you that would stop you from everything I have for you. And so we're going to talk about this for honestly about eight weeks. And I'm, I'm just, man, I'm pumped. But we're going to start here, Matthew chapter 3. Because this is where freedom starts. Freedom starts right here. And the voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. We're going to start today by talking about the healing of the father wound. Healing the father wound. Father, speak to us now. In Jesus' name, I thank you. You love us. I thank you we're your children. And I think, thank you that, we, that you are well pleased with us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen, and amen, and amen. I believe that most cycles of sin, most strongholds, most wrong thinking, they start with a need for our own validation, acceptance, and approval. Most sin does not start because you're just a bad person that wants to do bad things. Most sin starts, most cycles start because we have a desperate need for approval, a desperate need for validation, a desperate need for acceptance. And out of that comes different issues in our life. I'll never forget being six years old. I'll never forget. I was six years old in a treehouse in Belen, New Mexico on Michigan Road in a treehouse. And my neighbor friend handed me an adult magazine. And at six years old, I saw pornography for the first time. I remember being sick to my stomach. I remember tears filling my eyes. I remember being so uncomfortable. I knew it was wrong. No one had to tell me it was wrong. Come on, somebody. I just knew. I was six. And I remember him seeing my fear. And he was probably eight or nine. And I remember him saying, you need to like this. I remember this. It was so weird. And him telling me that I, I need to like this and I need to enjoy this. And in that moment, I didn't like it. I was so uncomfortable, but I also had a need for approval. I also had a need for acceptance. I also had a need for validation. So I looked. I didn't like it, but I did need the approval. I remember the first time I drank. You know, when you're 13, 14 years old, you don't like how beer tastes. Come on, somebody. You're not like, mm, this is so refreshing. It's better than a Coke. No, it's awful. It's bitter. It's gross. Tastes like sweat and tears. Come on, somebody. It's like, oh, Jesus. You, 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 
no one is born with an acquired taste for beer. You're, you have to acquire it. I mean, you know, and, but you do it because when you're 13, 14, this is what you do to be cool. I remember the first time I got high. I, I was not going to be the, the punk in the room with 10 other people, and I'm going to be the one that passes the joint. Come on, somebody. I'm going to take a hit. I didn't want to. I was scared out of my mind. I was convinced I was going to die. Come on. You're like, I'm like 14, like, okay, well, this is it. <laughs> Fear, it's like laced, you know, whatever that, you know, it's laced. Ah, here we go. We do it anyway. Someone asked in the 10, did you inhale? Yeah, ain't no punk. Come on. Huh? Kidding, but I did. And so, but you do it for acceptance, for approval, for validation. No one joins a gang because they're like, yeah, I want to destroy society. They join gangs because they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for family. They're looking for approval. You know that most people who are in prison are fatherless. Most people who are in drug rehabilitation centers are fatherless. Most people who are addicted are, are fatherless. Most people who are homeless are fatherless. I'm not... I'm not beating anyone up. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying it is, a, it is a clear pattern in society that where the father is missing, society is destroyed. That I'm not, I'm not saying that moms can't raise their kids. Please don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there is something in society that needs a father. And there are so many times that we are searching for significance that only the blessing of a father can give. And if you don't get it, you're going to keep looking for the approval of father. And you're going to try to find it in a bottle. You're going to try to find it in drugs. You're going to try to find it in a slot machine. You're going to try to find it in if I could just make a little more money, if I could just live in a little bit of a better zip code, if I, if I just drove a little nicer car. If I, oh, I mean, I like my car, but if it was just the better model, if it just... And there are so many things that we are, we are trying to fill a void that only a father can heal. We are trying to heal something in our own heart. We are trying to find significance in something that only the Father's approval can give us. And this isn't just for people who are fatherless. This isn't just for you who are in this room that go, yeah, I didn't have a dad or I had a deadbeat dad or my dad walked out on us. This is for everybody because I believe everyone in this room on some level deals with the father wound. Even if you had an awesome dad. Even if you had an incredible dad, every one of us deals with this on some level. And I'll end up preaching what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear so that you give me the feedback I need to heal a wound that you cannot heal. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. And we're trying to find significance. And if I can't get it from a dad, I'll try to get it from a drink. And if I can't get it from a dad, I'll try to get it from more money. And if I can't, I'll get it from a spouse or I'll get it from a guy or a girl. Some of you will even try to get it from your children. You can't. And so we have this unbelievable blessing as a Christian that we get to go to a heavenly father. But even when I talk about it, it's challenging because when you think of father, you think of your dad. When you think of father, you think of disappointment. When you think of father, you think of a wound. When you think of father, you think maybe of anger or impatience or, 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 or 
uh, different diff- violence or abuse. And so it's hard to see God as Father. It's easy to see Jesus as Savior. It might even be easy to connect with the Holy Spirit because, well, it's kind of a spiritual element. But God is my, my Father. Oh, but friend, you can receive God as Father and find the healing that you cannot find anywhere else. So listen, the words of the Father to Jesus are the words of the Father to us. Okay, so God says, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. And God says it about you. You're his child, he loves you, and he's well pleased with you. Now, that's hard to believe, and for some of you, you go, I I don't know. How does that work? It works like this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ, in Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes, in Christ. Notice that, in Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. Throw your right hand in the air. Say, I am in Christ. Okay, one more time like you believe it. Come on, I am in Christ. Okay, here's what that means. It means that you are now covered by the person of Jesus. So when the Father sees you, he sees you through Jesus. So how he sees Jesus, he sees you. How he loves Jesus, he loves you. How he is pleased with Jesus, he's pleased with you. But Jabin, I didn't do anything to earn it. I know you're in Christ. It has nothing to do with what you did. It has everything to do with what Jesus did. The term in Christ, in him, or in whom are referenced 130 times in your New Testament. So now look at Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be, this is Jesus, Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus is the firstborn son of many other sons and daughters. Jesus is the first son to show future sons and daughters what our relationship with God could be. You are just as much a son as Jesus. No one said amen because you don't even believe me. You're like, I don't know about this. I don't know what I walked into. This is church. That's the gospel. That's in your Bible. That's in your Bible. You are just as much a child of God as Jesus. And if you believe it, and if you can receive it, you can break cycles in your life. Because you know you're approved and accepted by something greater than what the world can give you. Notice this on the screen. Our voice of approval comes from heaven, not from earth. Oh, friend, you just got to know it today. Our voice of approval comes from heaven, not from earth. And we all deal with Father. I can tell sometimes with our team. I can say one thing, and it's like, oh. Oh, we still got some issues. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been there? You think you're healed? You think you're free? You think you forgave? And one post, one picture, once, and you, uh, oh, I'm still ready. I'm still ready to cut your tires and cut your brake lines. What? Oh, my God. Did I just say that? Because you think you're healed, but one little thing can still expose pain. When, when Jesus, or excuse me, when, when God was taking the children of Israel 
into the promised land, he told Joshua, I want every man circumcised. And then he said, and you won't go over until they're healed. And so my pastor, Jensen Franklin, said, Jabin, how did they know they were healed? They knew they were healed when they didn't hurt anymore. And listen, you can't enter into your promised land until you've been healed. You can't enter into the fullness of all God has for you till you've been healed. But you're going to have to let God heal you. Come on, come on, somebody. You're going to have to let the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, heal me. God, I need to know you're my father because I'm tired of running to fake sources to get something that I can only really get from you. And I can't get it from a person. I can't get it from a pastor. I can't get it from money. I can't get it from job. I can't get it from significance. I can only get it when I hear the voice of my heavenly father say, this is my son. So let me give you three things very quickly. I am a child of God by birth, not by worth. Hey, who's going to help me preach today? It's by birth, not by worth. By birth. Couldn't earn it. Don't deserve it. I was born into it. The moment I got born again, the moment I received Jesus as Lord, the moment I gave him my sin and my shame, my past and my present and my future, the moment I said, Jesus, be Lord of my life, I was born again, John 3 says. And in that moment, I became a a son by birth, not by worth. When God looked at Jesus and said, this is my son, Jesus had not done one thing. This was before his ministry. Notice that Jesus got approval before he ever tried to minister to anybody. Oh. Some of y'all trying to fulfill destiny without approval. And if you try to fulfill your destiny without approval, you'll start walking in your destiny. But because you're not approved yet, you're going to try to find approval by the people God's actually calling you to serve. And instead of serving, and I'm not talking about ministry, I'm talking about anything you're called to do. Instead of using it as a ministry to serve people, you use it as a tool to get approval. I'm not trying to be Dr. Phil up here, okay? But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm helping somebody right now. I'm helping somebody right now. And so Jesus receives approval before he ever ministers to anyone. And the Father approves him before he heals the sick, before he raises the dead, before he preaches messages, before he multiplies bread and fish, before he turns water into wine, before he does any miracle, he receives approval. And before we do anything else, before we do anything, we must first receive something. Before I try to be a good husband, I must first receive sonship. Before I try to be a good father, I must first receive the approval of the father. Before I try to be a good pastor, I must first go to the shepherd of my soul and receive something from him. And the same for you. Jesus said, your earthly fathers, you earthly fathers, Luke 11, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? Your heavenly father who is perfect gives good gifts to his children. Jesus is saying, your love for your kid is evil in comparison to how much I love you. He's crazy about you. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Give him praise, somebody. Come on. (laughs) 
See, anger starts with shock. I can't believe you would do that. But since God knows everything, you can't shock him. You can't surprise him. So God will never go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would do that. He saw it. He saw it eons ago. And he still loves you. Okay. We didn't earn this position. We didn't pay for this position. We did not achieve this position. We received this position. We have a little daughter. She's here on the front row uh, watching cartoons. She needs Jesus. Amen. She's backslidden up here on the front row. And, and she, she brings no, don't be offended by this, but like she's two. She brings no value to the house yet. Come on, somebody. She ain't cleaning. She's not cooking. She's not taking out the trash. She is a Tasmanian devil. She's a, four, she's a hurricane of destruction. She got into my wife's uh, lipstick the other day. Did it get on our white restoration hardware couch? No comment. All I can tell you is, you know, we feed her. More food falls on the floor than gets in her belly. But one little grain of rice gets in her mouth. And we're like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You're the best. We're so proud of you. She does nothing to earn it. But she's my child by birth. And you are his child by birth. We set the table and Goldie eats. Listen, watch this on the screen. Grace sets the table. Faith eats. God is saying, can you stop striving? Can you stop trying to achieve this? Can you stop trying to earn this? And can you just eat what's on the table? Can you just enjoy my goodness? Can you stop trying to earn something that you could never earn? And can you start trying to receive something instead of trying to achieve something? Listen, the table's been set. The food is out. God saying, eh? stop trying to earn this thing. Stop striving. Start receiving. Stop achieving. Start eating. Stop working and start worshiping. That's why we worship. We don't, we don't worship to kiss the ring of the mob boss and make sure everything's okay. Some of y'all so condemned even in worship. You can't even worship. We're over here worshiping, giving God all the glory, and you're over there all religious. Oh, Jesus, forgive me for everything I did. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. Father God, Father God, oh, Father God, Father God. You know someone's all jacked up, and they say Father God more than 500 times in a two-minute prayer. Oh, Father God, we just, oh, Father God, forgive me, Father God. Oh, Father God, Father God. Oh, Father God, we love you, Father God. Oh, we praise you, Father God. You look constipated. Oh, Father God, oh, Father God, we just, oh, Father God. Stop it. We worship in confidence saying, God, you've already paid the price. And I love you. And I'm so grateful. When I think of worship, I, 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 can't, I, I cannot think without thinking of my daughter because my daughter, we, we pay for the electricity, we pay for the internet, we pay for the Netflix, we pay for the TV, we pay for the lights, we pay for the AC, we pay for everything. And, and, and the table's set and then she comes up to me and goes, Dada, shock, shock. Dada, shock, shock. And what she's saying is shark. She's, she's talking about baby shark. Where are my parents at? 
What are my toddler parents say? Y'all know what I'm saying? Baby shark, du, 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 du. baby shark. Du, du. Oh, I feel you, Jesus. Baby shark. Du, 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 du. Listen, Mama shark. Du, du. Okay, stop, stop. <laughs> she loves it, and I love watching her love it. I probably would never listen to Baby Shark if I wasn't a parent promise on my life during the 10 a.m. I was talking about it. Someone accidentally like, you know, was pulling it up and right in the middle of my message, you hear, don, on, don, on, don. I'm like, could you not wait 10 minutes? My God. I said, enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen. So that's all we do on Sunday. He paid the bill. He paid the price. He did all the work. He did all the heavy lifting. We just come in here. We start worship. Oh, come on, somebody. We start clapping. We start praising. We start rejoicing. We're not working for it. We're just thanking God for it. Come on, take a 10-second praise break and thank God. He did it. And I'm just thankful for it. Number two, my father loves me. And I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that my father loves me because he's your father. My father loves me. This is my son whom I love. First John 4, 17, this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Some of y'all, you've been in church your whole life and you still don't know if you're going to heaven. You still think it's up to you. When you're doing good and you're reading your four chapters a day and you're, and you're tearing up your Bible reading plan and you're praying through your prayer list, oh, yeah, I'm totally totes going to heaven. But if you got lit on Friday night and you turned up on Friday night and you decided to have a little relapse on Friday night, you are here today like, I need the altar call because I need to come back. Is God's grace that weak? Is God's grace that cheap? Is God's covenant that easy to break? My God, our God is tough. Our God is strong. Our God is a warrior. Our God is amazing. And we don't have to worry every other day if we're going to heaven. What are we doing? And preachers will preach you into that because if they can keep you scared, they can keep you in the seat. Okay. I got a little attitude the last couple weeks. You notice that? Two weeks ago, I was preaching. Shan goes, you kind of got close to the line. I said, oh, no, I stomped on the line. But I, my bad, my bad. I just got a little mongrel in me. I just got a little something in me. <sighs> okay, we got to keep reading. Because, he, because as he is, he, who's he? Jesus. So are we in this world. You think Jesus is worried that he's going to go to hell? You think Jesus is on the right hand of the Father going, I hope the Father still loves me. Hope It's settled. And as he is, so are we, not in heaven, in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected by love. And you go, oh, perfect love casts out fear. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Jabin, that's my word. I got to love God perfectly. Oh, please. We don't love God perfectly. We couldn't. Isn't it amazing like how we are so self-righteous, right? Like we still pray prayers like, God, I'll never do it again. 
You're going to leave me hanging. It's okay. You can be stuck up. God, I'll never say it again. We're shocked when we sin. Like we get mad and we're shocked. Oh my God, I, just, I thought that old man died. I didn't think I could get road rage anymore. I didn't think I could lust at a woman. You're still a dude. We're shocked. We're surprised because we, we think we all that. We can't love God perfectly. Well, Jabin, be careful now. We don't want to give anyone a license to sin. Okay. First of all, I still don't know where you get one of those. Like, I know where the DMV is. I know where to get a license to drive. Still haven't found a license to sin. Don't know where you get them. Don't know. Someone actually sent me a funny meme in between services of a license to sin. It was hilarious. We should have put it on the screen. But anyway, uh, like, what are we talking about? I'm giving no one a license to sin. But preachers who preach a hard message, no one's free in their church. Everyone's just scared. (laughs) Preachers get up angry, pounding the, you know, freaking out. (laughs) They're just mad at themselves. And they're so mad at themselves because of their own disappointments, they try to take it out on you. Instead, why don't we live by grace and realize, yeah, we don't want to fall. This whole series is about freedom. We're going to get set free. But, but in the process of freedom, when you sin, you better run to God. But if you're afraid of God, you won't run to God. And how you see God, you see his family. So if you'll run from God, you'll run from his family. And if you're running from God with your issues, you'll never be honest with another believer about your issues. So you come in, oh, praise the Lord, Pastor, God bless, oh, hallelujah, I'm not hungover, glory to God, praise God. Oh, no, everything, oh, our marriage is fantastic, we just love the Lord, amen, praise the Lord. And we're lying. And we can't be vulnerable with nobody, we can't talk to nobody, we won't even talk to God about it. And God's going, I'm a big boy. And my love for you is consistent and it is perfect. So talk to me. And stop running from me every time you make a mistake. And start running to me. Because I believe that the cycle is broken when we stop running from God and we start running to God. When we stop running from the church and we run back into church. When we stop running from community, we run to community. And in that moment, the cycle breaks. Are we perfect? No. But are we free? Yes. I'm not perfect, but I'm free. But but I've had to learn how to run to God. Lastly, this one's going to be hard for a lot of you to even get, but my father likes me. (sighs) And see, it's easy to think, I I think it's actually easy for some of you, especially if you're church, to go, yeah, God loves me. He's God. He has to. (laughs) But like we all have family members that we love, huh, that we don't like. Like, I love you, but I really don't want to spend Thanksgiving with you. You walk in, oh, hi, Theo. <laughs> hi, cousin. <laughs> you look so good. I don't know why I'm Puerto Rican right now. It's just coming up. He's <laughs> got a little attitude. Ain't it true? Like, you don't want him to get hit by a bus. 
but you don't want to eat turkey with them. Come on, somebody. Like, you, you love them, but you don't like them. But listen to me. It's the keys come. God likes you. My father, he likes me. This is my son, whom I love, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, what does this mean? What does pleased mean? What does this well pleased mean? It means to find pleasure in. It means to call it good. Jesus calls you good. The father calls you. It's good. You're good. It means to be approved. The father approves you. It means to be favorably inclined. Favorably inclined. This is why you'll, you'll see a, a, a son in court and they're going to jail for something they did wrong. And the mama will be in the court going, that ain't my boy. He didn't do that. He's innocent. Why? Because she's favorably inclined. It's her son. Listen, when the devil, the accuser of the brethren, accuses you, the father goes, that ain't my kid. <laughs> they're under the blood. They're in Christ. Devil, you might see him that way, but I don't. That's not my child. Not that. Because he's favorably inclined. If, if our kids' workers came to me and said, hey, Goldie's being real mean in kids' ministry. She's pushing kids. I'd be like, they're punks. I don't know. They're, I don't know what they did. But she's right. Come on, somebody. I'm favorably inclined. Right? I mean, we never say it, but we're thinking it. Like if you if your if your kid ever get you know you get you know text and you got to go grab your kid immediately you're going they're idiots I don't know what they did but my 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 baby is perfect come on somebody <laughs> we're favorably inclined the father's favorably inclined towards you that means that his his hunch response his his natural instinct is not judgment it's favor. Okay, it means, this word, this word please means to be decided. God has decided, listen, and you can't change his mind. Romans 8, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. This word, this word please means willing. The Father is willing. I don't know if you've ever read through the gospels but you'll find this a lot people will walk up to jesus and go if you're willing make me whole jesus responds every time is i am willing because they knew he was able because they saw the miracles they just didn't know if he was willing a lot of us know god is able because he's god but he's willing and here's here's my favorite one this one's fire i love this one it means to be content and this word content means that God is in a state of peaceful happiness. Whoa. God's content with me. God is in a state of peaceful happiness towards me. This is crazy. So God's not nervous. You hear preachers, God's in a hurry. No, he's not. He's in a state of peaceful happiness. God's not wringing his hands. God's not shrugging his shoulders. God's not rolling his eyes. Not, God's not huffing and puffing. God's not sighing. God's not shaking his head. God's in a state of, he is so calm when he sees you. He is so calm. 
He's in a state of peaceful happiness and he's crazy about you. And that doesn't change depending upon what you do. Isn't this crazy? So, whoa, what, what's my response, preacher? Fall in love with Jesus. This, this kind of preaching will make you hungry for the book. This kind of preaching will make you want to worship. This kind of preaching will make you want to live generously and give big and serve people. Because it's already done. So now I don't live for approval. I live from approval. I'm approved. I'm in. I'm in the club. I can't get out. I had to look at that dirty magazine because I was trying to fit in. I had to drink that alcohol because I was trying to fit in. I had to hit that joint because I was trying to fit in. I had to tell that stupid joke because I was trying to fit in. Every time I take a picture, I hope people like it on my Instagram because I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to do the right thing so, so my dad approves of me and says he's proud of me. And I'm living my whole life to fit in. I'm living my whole life for approval. I'm living my whole life on a journey that is so dumb and so meaningless and so empty. But then I could go to God and I don't have to live that way. I could go to God and it doesn't make sense to the American system. I could go to God and it doesn't make sense to the political. Oh, I wish someone would help me preach. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't compute up here. But something in my spirit says, thank you, God. Can I get like 10 people to stand on their feet and shout and just thank God? Just clap your hands and God, I'm just so grateful that you love me. You like me. And I'm a son by birth, not by worth. Woo! All right, I got hyped. Stop. Sit down. This is so cool. You know why this is so cool? Because my wife and I are not doing this church. This is going to freak somebody out. We're not doing this for God. We're doing this with God. For the city. Huh. So like, we're not like, oh, I hope God is in. No, God, God's like, yo, we in this together. He's holding our hands. We're doing this for the 2.2 million people that need the message of Jesus. We're doing this with God. We're on a journey with God. And you can live your life with God. For his glory, absolutely. For his honor, absolutely. For his fame, absolutely. But I'm doing it with him. I preach way too long. I gotta quit. I want you to, uh, if you feel comfortable, can you just close your eyes? I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you approve of me. I thank you today that you like us, that you love us. I thank you today that you are not mad at us, but you're madly in love with us. And I'm praying that our response to this would be Romans 12. That in view of God's mercy, in view of everything we just talked about, we would offer our lives 
a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. Not because we're trying to achieve anything, earn anything, but we're just so grateful to be in the family. And I thank you. I thank you today that perfect love casts out all fear. Thank you today that we will not run from you, but we will run to you. I thank you today that every cycle of sin, secrets, strongholds, lies we've believed, I thank you that they will be broken in the name of Jesus.